This is exactly right. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello, Karen, my friend. Hello, Chris. Hi. Hi. Let's do an acting class exercise. Hi, Chris, question mark. Hi, I'm cooking burgers and I'm also a policeman. (laughs) Oh, we aren't doing improv? It's a different thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's fine. No, it's fine. I shouldn't shouldn't block you on that Yes, I I really wish you would have went with me on that. (laughs) Sorry. You don't see enough uh, officers grilling these days. I mean, to combine an action and an occupation? Yeah, that's what I... What is this, level four improv? I know, I know. They let me bypass the introductory levels because I come (laughs) with that kind of heat. Yeah. 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 They were like, you know what? You don't have to go through the other levels that are also made up. You can go to the made up top level. Yeah. Yeah. It's all made up, isn't it? Well, yeah. I don't want to be controversial and also change uh, the subject abruptly. Here we go. But I, off uh, of that, here off we of go. that gold yeah. that we were just. Okay. I know. I know. <laughs> I am watching yellow jackets and it's of course reminds me of alive and i'm confronted by the fact that i think that i would not have a problem immediately eating people in an emergency situation yes or just anywhere oh we're here and that guy's dead i like day one or two (laughs) i really don't think let yourself get hungry you wouldn't let like the airplane pretzels run out before you start eating your friend I wouldn't even be hungry yet. I'd just start m- prepping and marinating. You'd be nervously nibbling. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'd hide it for a while. But once everyone was like hungry, I'm like, well, these are ready for grilling. <laughs> it's almost annoying when the guy, there's like a coach with them and he's freaking out once there's a perfectly baked friend that happens accidentally. This feels like a sp- Spoiler alert. It is, it is. They eat people in yellow jackets, but I swear it's in the trailer. Everyone knows that. It actually (laughs) takes too long in the storyline even. I'm like, they should be eating people in episode two, but it takes a while. You have to wait for a second season. There we go. It's a, I'm sorry we're spoiling, but everyone knows. No, 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 you're spoiling. I'm I'm just sitting here. You are, we are co-hosts. You are in this with me. Together, we're spoiling yellow jackets. They eat children. 
When you spoil, I spoil. Yes, we all it's spoil true. for you spoil. <laughs> yeah, I uh, they they they're high schoolers, they eat kids, and I would be uh, the first. Even as the coach, I'd I'd be like, gather around, we're going to eat. I know where this is going, <laughs> and maybe I'm. I really think I wouldn't have a problem. It's just as bad as meat, anyway. I maybe mean, I'm just confronted by animal eating. Well, we're combining topics or issues. I mean, but. I think I would be like a day fiver. I think I would might even uh, just just to avoid because you know sometimes when you're like you're about to enter a bad situation. I think most stand up comics know this feeling where you're like this won't be good, right. and I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. At least I have my memorized lines, and then it's like fifteen times worse than you anticipated, and then you're kind of like oh this is going to leave true residual psychic damage. I think knowing how bad that feels that I would be like, I want to delay um, cannibalism in my system as long as possible because I know I'm just going to like, you know, stew over it for no pun intended for a long time, just really be bummed out about it. So I would be the one that's like, I heard we can eat the seats of this airplane. You know what I mean? Just like in the meantime, there's other organic matter we could be filling our stomachs with. I suppose, and berries. Um, <laughs> well, if they're berries, what are we doing? Why would we even revert to cannibalism? It's because if you watch any episode of Alone, uh, berries only take you so far. Mm-hmm. When you're star, I don't know. This, I also don't know. I also don't have a berry manu- b- manual. I love his work, by the way. Berry manual. <laughs> berry manual. <laughs> uh, Copacabana. There's so many hits by Barry manual. But I do not possess a berry manual. I I feel like I'm more scared of eating a poisonous berry than I am being confronted by the morally by eating. I guess if it was a friend, then you just flip them over and take a take a chunk of the butt. I guess I'm getting too detailed with this. I think we are so lucky to have today's guest because there's no way he doesn't have a couple berry manual Good. albums. I being thought that you were going to say. Because he's going to save us and change the subject, which is not we are continuing with cannibalism. I mean, we're combining. That's yes. what we do. That's what we do. Uh, our next guest is is here to help spoil uh, yellow jackets for you with us. He's <laughs> seen them at clubs and colleges throughout the U.S. and as well as Canada. Everyone put your ears together for our friend, Adam Caton Holland. Hello. Thank you for plugging the colleges that I've performed at. Not sure, enough yeah, people yeah. do mm-hmm. that. So I appreciate that because, yeah, a lot of people are are just going to colleges on their own, seeing if they recognize anyone. And I'm usually there. So thanks yeah, for plugging yeah. that. Yeah, of you're course, always of doing course. like a tight seven at any community college that you can find or I'll hit 11 um, colleges in a day. Playing, yeah. playing my Barry Manual album in the car, the rental car, just <laughs> powering me between them. I wanted to say Barry Manual is is one of the most impressive. Like people think Rama Manual is impressive. It's Barry Manual is like the most impressive oh. brother of that crew. He's, a, he's the dark horse of that family <laughs> totally. for sure. Totally. <laughs> uh, Aria Manuel, because he's on that strike infographic of all the people in Hollywood that make the most money. I don't, you've probably seen it. I saw that today. Yes. And he makes the most of anybody. He makes like $300 million a year. By a long right. shot. Everyone else was like 30, 40, 50. He's multiple yeah. hundreds of millions. You're right. Yeah. And, and then when you're looking at those numbers, it's like, 
then you're looking at, uh, you know, Rupert Murdoch makes 30 million a year and you're like, oh, that's too bad for him. It's so much money. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. I was like, Murdoch's the most evil. He should have three billion compared to these yes. dudes. But nah. Yeah. Hey, taking it on the chin, that poor guy. Yeah. Poor, poor Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> yeah, he should be uh, silhouetted and petting a cat from an evil lair. <laughs> yes. And he probably can't even afford a lair. <laughs> nope. Lairs these days, not in San Francisco. Not a chance. Right. No way. Yeah, yeah no the way. fault line and, 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 and freezing pipes. There's a bunch of reasons. <laughs> oh, so sorry. <laughs> Wait, so, I'm so sorry. I thought they, they were both asleep and I'm like, I'm going to be able to get away with these dogs staying in here. Now I have to go shut the door. I'm so sorry. That's okay. okay. They they do the uh, bark. Upon immediately waking up, they start barking at reality. <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. Yeah, when, you, when you're woken up, Adam, and someone says, this is something that bothers me and it shouldn't. I mm -hmm. think it says something about me, but I'm going to go ahead and admit it. I don't like it when people say, good morning. Hearing that first thing really rubs me the wrong way. It, please, please say you're on my side with this. I guess I'm on your side. I, it's, it's been a while <laughs> since someone's done that for me. Most I got I got two I got a four year old and a two year old. So I just I'm met with demands from oh, the from yeah. the jump. Um, What's the last? Can you remember the last time you were woken up by one of your children? What they were saying? Yeah, it's all pretty cute. Like my, my four year old will come into the room and he can go to the bathroom himself, but he'll walk in and he'll whisper, "Dad, I need to poop." And I go, go poop, go do it. And he's like, okay. He just wants to go ahead. And I'm like, you could have done this on your own, little man. But he just wants me to know what's up. And I guess I appreciate that. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. It's nice. Early mm -hmm. poop approval. How do you feel about a rabbit rabbit, Chris? Like on a, like a May 1st rabbit rabbit. Does that, does that annoy you? Or you kind of appreciate the good tidings? Are you saying rabbit rabbit? No, I'm saying rabbit rabbit. Oh, rabbit, rabbit. Uh, would I would I eat one? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, Two-part question. I'm would you eat two that. rabbits or a rabbit, <laughs> rabbit, instead of a person to delay the flesh right. consumption of exactly. humans? Exactly. I'm all about that. You can always cut around the crazy, I've always said, <laughs> when slaughtering a rabbit, rabbit. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that, saying rabbit, rabbit on the first day of the month? No, that okay. That's what so you're you talking about, right? That's hundred percent what I'm talking about. And and now I'm feeling out on an island because I'm glad you have Karen. I I, I do that. It's like a good I luck thing, but I have mm -hmm. no idea the origin of it. Do you? Neither right. do I. And is it at all affiliated with uh, a loving them? Apparently, brings uh, campfire smoke towards you. <laughs> do you remember that smoke no. from a campfire hitting you? You're supposed to say, I love rabbits, and then it, it will deter the smoke from being in your face. That is something I knew when I started talking about it, <laughs> that I no would one sound would be crazy, with you. <laughs> but I will get personal messages from our <laughs> listeners that say, yes, I when campfire smoke is engulfing your lungs. You're supposed to say, I love rabbits. And then it goes away. Apparently, it's it's like magic, camping magic. No, I got to get the chat oh, open. According to the Farmer's Almanac, 1909, a British periodical featured a girl who said rabbits on the first day of each month for good luck. President Roosevelt also reportedly rabbited every month without fail. 
What a yeah. grassroots movement. This this little girl said this one periodical in 1909 gets a hold of it. And now I'm saying it on a pod while Chris runs in the other direction and Karen <laughs> nods approvingly. <laughs> yeah. I'm absolutely behind you. And I've actually gotten upset. Like I missed it this month. And I was like, oh, that, that does not bode well. That's the first thing I think of like, ooh, ooh bad start. The four-year-old who likes to tell me about pooping when my wife and I meet him with good cheer on the first of the month with a rabbit rabbit, he's not having it already. He doesn't, he doesn't like, like that at all. It's too chipper and upbeat for him. He's not, That's he's not what, a fan. So <laughs> he and I have something in common. That's my the good morning thing. I, yeah. yeah. I, I gotta I gotta chew your kid's brain at some point. And I'm not trying to <laughs> talk all right. about Is this yellow the yellow jack? Okay. This I'm he's not, circling it back. I need to converse with him. <laughs> For you to go at a four-year-old when there's all those older people just to be like, I eat veal. I'm Chris Fairbanks. Let's do this. <laughs> Listen, I, I had no control who was going to board that plane. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my kid made a varsity girls I'm... soccer team at four. He's that good. Yeah, he's he's that good. toddler. <laughs> We're combining TV shows, old wives tales. It's all it's all getting mixed up. No riff <laughs> goes unchecked in this one. Every every riff gets a piece. It's like a beautiful quilt of a conversation. <laughs> oh, riff mosaic. <laughs> I've never heard here's the thing in camp there are like I've heard of things similar to that in camping, but for the idea that basically something that is being caused by the wind, like you have to say an incantation to make it stop happening, I think is kind of hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just what the wind is doing. Just You just got to haul ass over to the other folding chair <laughs> right. across across the fire. Yeah. You're trying to control the elements without praying. I also <laughs> like the idea of like the, the oldest, wisest prospector in the groups like, I got this. And he just yells <laughs> something at the wind. <laughs> I love rabbits. Glad we brought this guy. He knows what's up. <laughs> but it feels like a theme. Like, I wonder if rabbits were especially um, valuable back then. Delicious. You could use their pelts, maybe. Ra rabbit's foot, for some reason, yeah. is good luck. Ooh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While driving. That's right. That's, that's why it's always on someone's keychain. I was never allowed. I was given a rabbit's foot and my mother confiscated it. She did? Because she was a big PETA person. Yeah. Not, not in our house. It's yeah. pretty terrifying. I remember going to, you know, some sort of like store where you'd buy board games and weird little trinkets and there'd just be a basket of of literal rabbit's feet and you could yep. go in there and grab one. Like, I, I'll take this. That's pretty barbaric. Yeah, it really is. My cousin had one. My cousin Lisa had one on her keys and I was like, ooh, soft. And then I pushed down a little and then I felt the bones. Oh, and wow. I was like, I don't want to touch this anymore it's yeah. like what a trick yeah there's little crumbly metatarsals in there mm -mm. No. this is a already an overshare and i wish i wasn't saying this but here we are I, yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> I uh, lived in Spain for a while. I studied abroad and then lived there again. And the host family in Madrid where I lived, the old man and the, his sons who were adult men, every Sunday would go out to the outskirts of Madrid and just annihilate rabbits and hares. They would, they'd love doing this. This was how they bonded. They'd bring them back to the tiny apartment we were all in. They'd gut them in the kitchen. And then I would oh, eat God. rabbit for a week. And I, having what never eaten. What does it taste like? It, it's, well, they didn't, it had all these little bones in it. So you're taking what looks like a piece of chicken and you're like, cool, I'm going to eat this and it'll be pure meat. Nope, you're extracting 12 bones. And they also, oh. the breaking point where I had to say, 
I'm tired of being polite. I don't want any more rabbit was, um, <laughs> was buckshot there was like bullets in the rabbit i was putting in my mouth and i was like that's it i can't i just can't with the rabbit anymore and they were like fine all good but i for two months i had grinned and bared it in this small madrileño apartment just eating eating gunshot and bony rabbits yeah it would be i'm from my time in playa mallorca ah so is yes See, I uh, <laughs> I did notice that it would be a hard place to be a vegetarian. Every storefront had a leg of an animal on a weird vice, like, and they would just shave meat off of it. Do you mm-hmm. re- recall that, Adam? Just oh, legs absolutely. And windows. Yeah, Hamon Serrano, Hamon Iberica. There was a place called Museo de Hamon, Muse- Museum of Ham. And you could just buy <laughs> any one of those legs you're talking about. And people, when they're going home, I don't know if the rules have changed. This was a long time ago, but just like, I got two for gifts. I'm bringing home two pig's legs from Spain for yes. people. I mean, that's that's a thing. Just resting on your shoulder like a baseball bat. In the Musée de Hamon, was there like a... <laughs> oh, it's such a sophisticated counter. place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, was there any museum element to it? Or is that just what they called it? It was just a storefront selling these things. But for some reason, gotcha. Museo was their hook, which I think worked. Here I am 20 years later. I'm still buzzing about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not talking about the Prado. Like, that's what I'm expecting in a museum. But if you go into a museum and it's just a bunch of <laughs> ham hocks on the walls, you're like, now this is different and experiential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While my dad was visiting, we went to the Hollywood Museum and I didn't do any research, didn't know what to expect. One of the first things you see when you walk in, there's all the Max Factor old makeup. But then one of the main uh, displays there was clothing from the TV show The Waltons. Oh. I'm I'm like, that's also, I think, loose use of the word museum. But it is. (laughs) It makes more sense than a museum of pig legs, I guess. Does it? I don't know. I mean... Without any history. Are you guys too young to have seen the Waltons? No, John Boy, he had a birthmark mole on yeah. his face. Uh, a lot of earth tones. Yeah, because well, they were on the mountain. Yeah. So they just had to d- make do. But at night, and maybe this is a good question for everybody, how do you feel about everyone in the house yelling, Good night, Grandpa. Right. Good night, Mary Ellen. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> the entire house yelled good night to each other. That's all I remember. And and it mm. was at the end, and it would show the lights going out in the house, and uh, and a, a depression would befall me. I, yes. I, that show used to bum me out. To, uh, so did Little House on the Prairie. I think they were affiliated storyline-wise, maybe. Or they just played on the same sad, sad evening. <laughs> it was all kind of, you know, there's nothing that sexy about living in that time where you're kind of like, oh, I'm just, I'm a homesteader. I'm out on the prairie. I got to make do. Like there's, it doesn't make for great storylines. There's a lot of like plague and cholera storylines, you know? Yeah, exactly. One broken finger leads to death. That's the (laughs) storyline. Yeah. (laughs) Pa, we lost Pa. I do. I was too young for those shows, but I do like those settings of shows. To me, it's always, there's a character who's coughing in act one, you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. You, know, you do not cough in this setting. That is a, yes. that is a bad... Yeah. yeah. She's got chest rickets. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's an episode 
in so we watched Little House on the Prairie. I think it was a Sunday night show. Me and my sister were obsessed. And my dad would do this thing. So it was an hour-long show, and it was always sad or upsetting in some way. And so in like the end, you know, the cliffhanger of Act Two, where it's like Mary's going blind. That was a storyline that then for the rest of the run of the show, Mary was blind and she married a blind guy. Because she fell they out of a work. wagon, right? No, she got scarlet fever, I think. Oh, okay. Which started so from, from, from a cough, which started with a small cough. <laughs> right, exactly. We all saw it coming. But at one point, for whatever reason, I can't remember, Laura, and we were very excited because my sister's name was Laura, so it made us like the show more. And Laura decided she did something wrong, so she just started walking up a mountain. And at one point, <laughs> she gets she's like thirsty. Everyone's looking for her. She's like in the sun, and she's kind of just like up in a mountain and then she's looking up at the sun and she's just kind of like going to lay down and then a man steps into the sun light in her perspective and and then you're supposed to kind of think it's Jesus like he has a beard and he's like little girl are you all right and he like kind of saves her and it's very it was very christian yeah like overtones like overt christianity stuff and i just remember like we were watching we were like crying that laura was lost and my dad would do this every sunday night he would step in and go this is too sad you girls can't handle it and he would go to turn the channel and we'd be like no and start screaming <laughs> like every time he's like oh i don't like seeing you girls cry we have to turn the channel purely just to upset us. Was he uncomfortable with the Christianity that my dad would be like, no, don't, don't watch this. Go, go draw pentagrams in your notebook. <laughs> you got it, dad. You skateboard into the next room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my dad just liked doing bits uh, with eight-year-olds, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, are you crying? I'm going to try to make you cry even harder as you watch TV. That's a good bit. Isn't it yeah. funny how time changes things? Like now, I know exactly what you're describing. The guy comes in, it's like, okay, she's going to faint, but he'll help her some way. But now in 2023, if that happens, I'm like, oh no, this kid, this girl has passed out and a creep just entered the fray yeah. and she's going to get murdered. And that's, that's what 30 years does to you. It's like, this is no, yeah. there's no way this could end positively right. in my head now. No, there's no good bearded stranger on a mountain. There's right. No good bearded strangers. <laughs> the the Waltons little house. They there would be bandits trying to rob them every episode. Even, even yeah. if it was even made ten years later. I also love the self flagellation of of just make being like I got to walk up a mountain. I've done wrong. I should go be by myself and walk up a mountain because I live in Colorado. Chris, you're from Montana. We do that stuff. Sure. You, you know what I mean. Got to get away. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go on my shame hike. <laughs> I say it all the I'm time. I'm nine years old. <laughs> what else am I supposed to do? Let me get a night's, the, tomorrow's clothing, and head up a hill. Just walk straight uphill. Those are tough kids. These kids today get soft. Yeah. Man. Oh, I could talk about that for hours. That's what this <laughs> podcast is, right? Am I on the yeah. wrong podcast? I thought we were going to rail hour... against kids today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we hate children. Uh, we're very <laughs> traditionalist on here. I summon my boy. I'm like, get in here. <laughs> get Karen, in here. Chris want to talk to you. <laughs> yes, Pa. Good morning. <laughs> I'm back from my shame hike. I'm ready to podcast. <laughs> He's all sunburned. Yep. When you described your kid coming to your bed and waking you up, I realized I used to do that to my dad a lot. And I would always look into his closed eyes and see that his eyes were darting around. So my most of my life, I thought that as we slept, our eyes were 
shooting all over. But I think right now I'm realizing he was pretending to be asleep and didn't want to <laughs> deal with me. He wanted 15 more minutes. Yeah. Perhaps if I trick my son into thinking I'm having a seizure, he'll, he'll leave the old man alone. <laughs> he was going to say he's like a method actor where he's like, I really got to sell this to this child. He has to believe I'm in REM sleep right now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even, I hadn't even listened to REM yet. I guess I thought he was having a nightmare. And I'm like, well, I better not. I better let him see this one through. Yeah. But yeah, those eyes darting around. I just, he was pretending, I think. That's a good trick. I could take a note out of his book. I got nothing. I just get right up and start doing it. But maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just be like, what year is it? And I'll just run to another room, try to sleep on the couch downstairs. Just terrify him into leaving me alone for a little bit. You never pretend you're asleep? Nah, man, he sees through all my bullshit. He just knows. There's no way. He's mm -hmm. very savvy already. It's disconcerting how quickly that happened. Yeah. It's, he's mind-melded to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he's also, like I said, he doesn't like us to say rabbit, rabbit. For a while, we would try like, <laughs> hey, what, what are you grateful for today? Just to be like, what's a nice thing about today at dinner? And he's already like, nope. He'll throw, <laughs> he either won't do it or he'll like, throw some nonsense joke that he's been doing riffing on for a few days. He won't do like a real <laughs> gratitude at all. So I, I kind of like that. He's just blowing our spot up immediately. He's a little is cynic. He, he is, a is very he making jokes. Do you see the comedian in him and secretly hope he pursues it? Well, yeah, but at, at this point, he it doesn't. It's so not the type <laughs> of comedian I am, though. It's just goofy. Like uh, the stuff, the way I try to make him laugh is with goofy pratfalls, voices, yeah. weird stuff. And so he'll do that back. But uh, you know, it's odd. I'm teaching him odd things and he's definitely got an odd sense of humor already. So that that's a good comedian makes. We can be broad yeah. for a long time, but let's definitely come at it from an odd place. And, <laughs> let's uh, not lean on the broad. That's easy. Yes. Let's, let's try to hone something here. All your buddies are doing fart and poop. Let's talk about yeah. eyeballs and teeth. <laughs> yeah, you want him at the <laughs> forefront of the second wave of alternative comedy. <laughs> Yeah, he's doing laundromats and, and garages and stuff. He's already out of the clubs. <laughs> you can do those bits anywhere. Is he, so he's in, that's preschool age? Yeah, right? yeah. Preschool age. Wow. And then I got a two-year-old. Uh, I'll tell you a scary uh, preschool story. We I dropped him off yesterday. The principal of the school was like, here's a fun pamphlet for you to all the parents in our class. I go, oh, what's this? And one of the children in Malcolm's class has pinworms. Do you know what that is? Oh, oh I had it. You many had times this as a child, many times. I had never heard of this in my life until my kid's good, but there's a doc that we're all like, what are pinworms? Some parents knew, but they're just like bacterial infection worms. And the yeah. doctor dad in the class next to me is like, you know, the test for that. And I go, no, what's the test for that? And he's like, stick a piece of scotch tape on their butthole. If you pull it off and there's worms, they got it. And. <sighs> Uh, little little news for the two of you. I vividly remember my mother putting tape on my anus <laughs> multiple times, uh, like I said before. Apparently, it was a real issue in my household, and it took a while for us to realize it's because I was playing in the sandbox where the cat also uh, went to the bathroom a lot. Oh. Um, oh building in me an immunity, I believe, uh, to where I didn't miss a day. I was never sick as a child because I went straight to pinworms in kindergarten. <laughs> and I have an attendance certificate, never missed a day of school from kindergarten through fifth grade. Not one day. Wow. Not wow. one sick day. And it's because 
I was I was filled with bacteria that was fighting everything. I think <laughs> just, just so intense everywhere. Oh, it's God. so intense to have worms. That's just it so... really is. It's a, it's a such a violation to have worms in your body. It's not <laughs> something you mm-hmm. anticipated. Is there a, is that, they had a pamphlet? Like was there an well, outbreak? So, okay, is there, like one lice? kid had it. They said they cleaned the class. No, there it, it's all good. But just a heads up, a kid in the class had it. And this was on a Monday, so I'm hoping the kid contracted over the weekend elsewhere or something. But it was it was all due caution, and so they came with like a letter informing us of that, along with CDC information with with how to deal with this crap. And it was just <laughs> like, wow, it's Monday and at 8 a.m., and now this is where I'm at. Yeah. Wow. But I asked the doctor. I was like, how do you know if your kid like has signs? And he's like, oh, they will be furiously scratching their asshole. Like there will be no mistake. Whether this oh. like is a little bit like you will know big time, and and Chris, you can probably talk about that. Yeah, more. yeah, I'm gonna. Extensively. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I I have to back that up. I I think there was some furious scratching, and I and I remember doing that, and probably my friends noticed, and and uh, but it wasn't my fault, you know. Uh, it just it's just something I was dealing with. It was so itchy, you guys. Chris, don't it go was, back. Don't it, go back. You're here. Uh, it's 2023. Yeah. It used to give me fevers. Oh, man. <laughs> so many worms. Oh, they're little and white. Okay. Well, so. There's your little house on the prairie episode. <laughs> there, There's the pinworms end of like the finale. Should have been everyone gets pinworms. <laughs> What, they burn Scott, the town what is scotch tape? And then it ends. <laughs> There's <It's>, no solution. <laughs> no, no adhesives other than horse hoof oil have been invented yet. That's right. Which is a terrible spackling process. It's hot. You have to oh, heat it up. Yeah. It's just really it's unpleasant. Still, yeah. Yep. Really yeah. not nice. Frontier medicine, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's a to-be-continued episode. They, they don't even know how to end that one. Yeah, it's a season Oof. finale cliffhanger. <laughs> I'm racking my brain trying to think of like a childhood, you know, like I remember when a girl down the street got lice. Yeah. Because her parents had a really beautiful um, black bottom swimming pool. And I remember we were, we had just seen E.T. and we came back to swim in her pool and she swam by me. And I was like, she's got paint flecks in her hair. Oh, and I was like, no. that's weird. And then I went home and then like half an hour later, her mom called my mom and was like, well, it turns out that she has lice. And so my mom like, my mom was a nurse and normally like any medical thing, she just didn't give a shit. Like you could be like, mom, I fell down. I think I broke my arm. And she'd be like, yep, put some ice on it. You're fine. Like you couldn't raise the alarm unless like bone was protruding out of your, and she was like, she was like, all right, well, we'll take a look at it. Thanks so much. And hangs up the phone. She goes, now girls, because Laura, my sister had a friend over and she was like, girls don't overreact, but the girl down the street has lice. And we all start screaming. And she goes, <laughs> strip the beds, get the thing, vacuum that thing. And she just started screaming at the top. Like she could only stay calm for like the first 45 seconds. And then it just started to set in of like, we do not want lice in this house. It was really hilarious. And we didn't get it. Yeah. I wonder if it had something to do with the chlorine in that swimming pool. Yeah, like keeping me lice free. Yeah. Since 83. Also, why was it painted black? Does that help heat? Yeah, that's it? pretty cool. Yeah. It's a, yes, because the, the sun, it does naturally help heat it. I think they also had solar, but it looked awesome. Like when you were under the water, you could see much clearer. 
Like, it just was really cool and fun. It looked like kind of more natural, I guess. Almost like it was like like lava rock, but it wasn't actually. It was just paint. Yeah. It sounds amazing. I remember going to a, nice. a, a pretty rich kid's house and they had an all tile bathroom, but it was all black. The toilet was black. The sink was black. And I never forgot that. I was like, that is... That's some next level Murdoch stuff. All yes, black tile bathroom. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't got there yet, but it is a goal of mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll get I, there. I, I vividly Thanks. remember, yeah, those those first black toilets. I, I remember saying I could do a tour of my hometown showing you nothing but black toilets. It's not a fun tour. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, yeah, I'll first, take it. Uh, I'd take it's that. It's a great idea. I love white? that tour. Yeah. yeah. Just to hang out. I mean, and to see some of the sights, but mostly to hang. Mostly yeah. to just, be, you know, be with friends and look at toilets. That's fun. I went and looked at a house one time and um, I made Alan Strickland Williams go with me because he and I were getting coffee. And then I'm like, can we go look at this house just really quick? Because um, it's a little bit of my obsession. And we go into this, it's in the hills. We go in and it's just like a pretty house. We're just like, mm, look, da, 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 look at this, look at that. And then we go into the master bathroom and it had side-by-side toilets. Whoa. And we we just walked in and we're like, holy shit. We're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what has gone on in this house? What is going it on? It wasn't a bidet toilet. It was not a bidet. We checked it. Were they side by side or, uh, you know, back to back, like the Toilet for Lovers sketch from <laughs> SNL, I believe? Right, right. No, they were, I would say, two feet apart, side by side. We were actually making jokes where it's like, it seems like you could hold hands if you were, if you were uh, sitting there at the same time. But it was, you know, it almost looked like someone had taken the stall down and, you know what I mean? Like a public bathroom. Yeah. Did you and Alan go for it? <laughs> no way. <laughs> we were both highly creeped out. Like, yeah. like just kind of like, it was almost like we suddenly saw, you know, a box of porn or something where it's just like, what is this? Maybe if you'd sat on at the same time, they'd like sink into the floor and suddenly it's like a <laughs> hidden passage. Yeah. You're in a mad scientist lab beneath <sighs> the floors of that. We should have seen it for what it was. It was the key that would unlock the secret lair. <laughs> Damn it. Were you just going because you're like a real estate nerd? You weren't in the market for, yeah, no, I, lo I love that. Like an open, I'm a sucker for an open house. That's a lot of fun. Especially, I think, houses in the hills in Los Angeles, because so many lunatic people have lived here that have, like, come into money, and yeah. they think they're going to have money forever. So, like, truly, that bathroom looked like they went in and went, we need to. The way we live, we need to, <laughs> so people can with go at the same yeah, time. <laughs> with our weird sexual quirks, <laughs> we need to toilet side by side. Yeah, I, I drove by a house you showed me before you got the house you're living in, and we went up some road that just had a mountainside on one side and there was a little blue picket fence type house and I just drove by it. You drove me past it. Like you you take your friends to look at houses. We just drove past kind of slow and then took off like we... I was like, mm. and because for a long time... um I was I was looking for a house and it was just like Zillow and it was when we were on the road a lot so I just sit in like a hotel room bed and just be like I would never live there da, 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 and just go through Zillow like crazy yeah but then I realized it's so much more fun to go into these places because oftentimes I'd be like I would never spend this much money like especially in Los Angeles these houses are so fucking expensive and so crazy and you can kind of 
almost like imagine these crazy lives where it's like you must have gotten a you you got like a pilot, a TV pilot, and you thought I'm going to be rich forever. So then you like got this house, put in your toilet or whatever thing, and then you know now and, you're and that's been it. going on for hundreds of years. You know what I mean? Like yeah. There's so many. Yeah, it's like you were a detective for the studio that had to murder girlfriends. Like there's <laughs> yes, just like all sorts yeah. of weird <laughs> lives that have been lived in Hollywood, and the architecture's so disparate. It's just like that. How does that house even fit into that space with weird poles? I, L.A. architecture's wild, crazy. There's some, you know, those ones like in Laurel Canyon that are more modern. This was one of the first houses I ever went to that wasn't my apartment when I moved to L.A. in 94. And it was Dave Rath's old house. And it was it was literally like cinder, cinder. Uh, what am I trying to say? It was just like the width of an apartment stacked three high. So like you walked up the stairs and that was Todd Glass's room. And then you walked up the more stairs and then that was somebody else's level of a room. And then the third level was where the kitchen and living room and like one other bedroom was. But it's like, because there's no space except for going up, like there's a mountain directly behind it and the streets in front of it. So it's just like this weird, I mean, like I'd never been in a house like that before where just like, Okay, you guys, like, you have to take your groceries straight up like this? Like, it's a walk-up? Kitchen on the third floor is a weird one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't care for it. There it is. That's a no. (laughs) No thanks. Pass. Adam's not going to buy that house. I will not buy that home. If it were shipping containers or something funky, maybe. (laughs) But I'm not into it anymore. That's the only, (laughs) I because it's so unrealistic for me that I I think I might have to buy a plot of land and either do the shipping container thing or they have these yurts where you can put uh, cement, pour cement into like a, not a yurt, but like a dome house. Like, I think Mm -hmm. I want to build a weird house made of cement domes and storage <laughs> containers you should go to earth ships cool. have you been to taos new mexico with those earth ship houses no fairbanks this is right up your alley it's just I houses the- it's all green and sustainable <laughs> but it's all made out of trash and it's a community called earth ship and it's outside of taos new mexico and they're all very spiritual strange people i was Kurt Brown and I used to be like, that is a place. If you could figure out to do comedy shows there, just like a weird festival or something. But um, Mm. I think Earthship, look it up, dude. You might just pack up ship right now and move out there. You (laughs) might might be done. Yeah. Actually, when I, one of the times, and you, yeah, you guys have always, not to sidetrack, but early in my career, you guys would bring me to Denver. And that's how I got to know you. It's one of the only scenes where you know you're not possessive of your stage time and you want other comics to come to denver I, uh, and i was lucky to be one of them but one of the times i was there i stayed with Kayvon and he was running for mayor that's right yeah and and we look he was looking at little sustainable tiny homes because he wanted denver to have and you have a lot of that there the tiny homes that people can live in for a few weeks and then they Someone sure. helps them move on. But but we were looking at domes and container houses. That was like what he was looking at online when I was staying there with his cats. <laughs> yeah. Now it's blown up, secrets out. And now every, now it's just like the, can, that tiny home costs a million dollars now. But it <laughs> really? was a good vision once. So, mm. oh, really? It kind of what happened with that? They they exist then. They exist. I, I just in the past 20 years, this city is blown up. I, I've gotten jokes now. It's like Denver's jumped the shark. This 
It's a, <laughs> it's the lifestyle's been commodified and sold back to us. And here we are. Like, I, I, there's this store I passed the other day. It's called Young in the Mountains, was the name of the store. <laughs> <laughs> Young in the Mountains. You're kidding me. Not at all. And I'm, Young, I'm, comma, I'm, in the mountains? Yes. Like, it's no, just, just no comma. Like, if you're no not comma. Julie Andrews spinning in an alpine field, don't, <laughs> do not come to this store. So I've been joking. I was like, I want to open a store called 42 and worried about air quality. <laughs> 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 so it's becoming a, like a parody of itself, like Portland Somewhat, for a somewhat. While. It's very yeah. much a, a hazy IPA with a beard and graphic That's designers so zipping around on their scooters. It's, it's all, every, every American city is kind of going through the same thing if it's, doing well right now yeah Uh, and and also when when that it's so livable like i you know i've only spent a little bit of time there but and one of the times was doing high plains festival but it's like the vibe is so good it's that feeling of like oh if i lived here these would be my friends if i lived here this would be my bar if i live and it's so nice and like that I can see why people are just like, yeah, I want to be young in the mountains. Yes, yeah, I don't want to sure. be fucking old and mediocre in LA. I want to, I wanted to like be in a place where there is a there's a thing to be doing that's like you know kind of pays off. Totally, totally. And I just was born here, so I was like, I was young in the mountains, and none of you were here or care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one You're paid like attention Ingalls. to me. <laughs> you were the nine year old up in the mountains by yourself <laughs> on a shame hike. <laughs> <laughs> Young in the mountains. It's a fine store. They got cool jewelry, but it's like, come on, let's do better here. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, yeah, that's uh, on the nose name. Or is it? I, it's pretty random. That's an insane name. For it me. stopped me dead in my tracks. I literally stopped walking <laughs> yeah. and I was like, no fucking way. That's what we're going with. Yeah, yeah. There was a store in Butte, Montana called Your Father's Mustache. And I really <laughs> didn't find out what they sold there. Black I, Black toilets. Black toilets and and hair wax. And cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Wall-to-wall toilets and cocaine. (laughs) Your father's mustache. I, uh, but yeah, if I would, I've thought many times that I could live in Denver. It totally makes sense that you're staying there and your decision to stay. Were you, when you were doing those who can't, were you just traveling or did you have a place here or how were you doing that? I got to do L.A. the best possible because when we did Those Who Can't, we would write the show there and film it there. So I'd pack up my car and drive out for like five, six months, pay right. somebody to house sit and rent a place. So I could. So one and we only did that three years. But one year I tried Echo Park. It was so cool to live there. One year I did Studio City to be closer to our offices, whatever. And then the last year I did Eagle Rock, which ruled. So, mm-hmm. you know, I got to be in L.A. and have boots on the ground, but I had a job. I wasn't, you know, yeah. and, and I got to have a leaving date as well. So I love L.A. because it was really like a playground for me to make a fun show with my buddies. And uh, I always love going there. I'm like nostalgic for it all the time. But I definitely love living here and feel very lucky. We got to do it. I got to do it that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was such a good show. Oh, I love that show. It's, yeah, so good. It was a so good, good. It was a very good time. We had a lot of yeah. fun with that one. If people want to watch that, not that it's plug-in time, but uh, <laughs> I like to stay on topic. It's, how do, how, it's <laughs> gone. I can't find it anywhere. 
For real? Sam, it, it I was, thought you'd maybe say that. It yeah. was on, you know, it's True TV who did it. It was on HBO Max, and then it disappeared from there. It was on Hulu, and now it's disappeared. And I can't get a hold of anyone at True to try to figure this out, and it's very frustrating. But once there was a great show my friends and I made, and <laughs> if you follow me online, I'll draw you a picture of my favorite scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. Hey, I can back it up. Yeah, Karen Karen might draw you a picture as well uh, of some of the favorite characters and maybe some dialogue bubbles. We'll recreate it. We'll yeah. see. We'll see what we can get down on paper. I'm sure it'll it'll I'll find it. We'll figure it out somewhere. It's currently lost in the ether and it'll Yeah, it'll, it'll it, resurface. It'll resurface it's, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That it's so great. Email me. I'll give you all the files. I'll send you some Venmo files. <laughs> just like just the hard copy scripts. Just send them out to anyone who wants them. And if you want to punch them up, I don't care if it's done. <laughs> I always am looking to improve. <laughs> fanfic. Yeah. Fanfic my, my previous work. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to I was I was on a true TV show around that same time just That's hosting. Right. That's right. And I can't. Uh, I it's unavailable. It's just existed, and you have to take my word for it, everybody. <laughs> well, if I get an email from somebody over there who's just feeding VHSs of Impractical Jokers into the machine, I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll let you know the email. All in with those guys. I, I did watch it the other day because I've never given those guys a chance, and I did laugh through the whole thing. They're the nicest yeah. dudes. I emailed yeah, 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 Al Volcano the other day being like, do you have an email of anyone at True? But I, I say that not even sarcastically. I feel like if you watch that network now, that's what's on all the time. So yeah, trying to get to get an email of whoever's putting the tapes in. It just it just blows my mind their journey from being court TV where we all were glued to the OJ trial <laughs> to to me introducing you know some dad taking it in the nuts on a slip and slide. Is that what True TV was before? Yeah, was court, TV? court TV. Yeah, shit. Yeah, and they gradually, I guess, because it was kind of documentary, and then they went to like internet video footage. I, d yeah. I don't, maybe at one point it was half crime, half, here's some bloopers, <laughs> some cops bloopers. And then. Well, we got to be their first scripted comedy. We were their first like half hour sitcom. So that That's was very right. cool. And it was like a huge opportunity for us. So I'm forever grateful. But yeah, man, sure. do I want that show back on the air because it's become a little cult classic and it's got Kyle Kinane and Rory Scovel in it. And it was just uh, a, a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah, I anyway. think that, yeah, it'll it'll come back. I'm just going to say that. Put it, and putting not, it out there. No, there's no episodes like on YouTube? Uh, not really, no. There's some on, if you have like old school television and you just on demand those who can't, there's not all of them, but there's some up there. I'm telling mm. you, Karen, I'm very frustrated with like where it's gone. Like you <laughs> yeah. can't even, you can't even buy it. Like you can't be let's like, I want to buy about the it, whole let's thing. Get the, let's, let's get, <laughs> let's get the demand. Please, guys, yeah. email. If you go to my, it's on my dad's TV, everyone. We could just go there. That's where uh, <laughs> Reality Bites Back is also. <laughs> if you email me, I'll send you the scripts. If you come to my home, I've DVR'd every one of them. <laughs> and so we can sit down and we can watch the commercials together and all of it. Like I thought you were going to say, if you come to my home, I'll act them out, which I, yes. yeah. I mean, <laughs> live apps. I'm not, it depends on what's going on that day. <laughs> Adam, are you still hosting comedy shows? Yes, I do a monthly show with the guys who I did, uh, those who can't with, called The Grolics. 
Chris has done it a number of times and and we have a podcast, The Grawlix Saves the World, shameless plug, but we do a yeah. monthly show and it's the best. We we fly out a guest. Chris has done it before yeah. and it's great. It keeps us honest because all three of us headline all over, but our rule, there's a lot of repeat fans. So every month, each of us has to have 10 new minutes. So, mm. it, I mean, that keeps great. you writing and it also keeps the nerves up. So we get to the show and we're like, do you got 10 new? Have you run it anywhere <laughs> before? And we're all just pacing, trying to remember it, which is like what it was like to be a really young comic. And we kind of yeah. get that feeling every month. So yeah, we're still doing that. And Oh, so there's pressure for you guys to actually do new material. It's it's self-imposed, but a lot of repeat fans come. So they they this sh- people sort of know these guys are trying 10 new. And we fly in a headliner who's like, don't worry, there's somebody great at the end. We give, <laughs> we give uh, a local a spot and they can do their 10 minutes of tried and tested gold. But the three of us host it together. And then each of us has a 10 minute set of what we wrote that month. So you do that for a year. That's 120 minutes. You know, if half of it's decent, now you got a new hour. It's um, it's it's a good system. Yeah, it's great. Do you also do I in the beginning? Were you doing like self improvement? Uh, you the know? Po- the podcast, the Grawlix Saves the World. Oh, is, okay, I see. They different. have the same it's name, Grawlix. Okay, that's <laughs> where I. What people got should confused. know is that Chris drew the art for our podcast, and it's awesome. It's one of my favorite drawings. It of was the really three of us. fun. I. It's curious <laughs> how I gave you all amazing uh, muscular legs. Big time. I got, <laughs> I got obsessed. <laughs> I I really it was like I, I just turn you all into Greek gods in the calf department. It, it's, I really, it's the Grolic saves the world and Chris's art. We're all holding up a globe like Atlas and we're crouching <laughs> and he's we look jacked and like if I could use it as a headshot, I would. I've got more hair than I have. My calves are fucking great. I'm into it. Uh, wait, that you know what for for the do you need a ride? Um logo or whatever yeah. you did you drew me like a fucking supermodel like every time i look at it, i'm like oh look at that that's nice i hurt doug benson's feelings once with a with a caricature portrait of him and i learned from that day on to net <laughs> to only to, <laughs> to make, augment yeah yes. to really to go make totally people. in the other direction well, yeah I, I, you're such a nice dude. But when I saw that, I was like, I wish I could see me through Chris Fairbanks's eyes because I don't, I don't see anything like this at all. When and then I stare cut in the to mirror. Chris Fairbanks just staring at your calves, just like, look at him. No, cut, cut to him, him rejecting these ghoulish ones. He's like, I can't Doug Benson at him. This is yeah, how I yeah. see him, but I got to never I gotta, again. Gotta make this good. It's funny. Yeah, it does feel good. Even when I was in that sketch of yours, the brunch one where yeah. Ben was like, he had thoughts about my body. He's like, oh, he must work out a lot. You don't get those striations just from whatever his line was. <laughs> I remember what you talking about. And I remember watching that, and I was so flattered, even though it was a made-up comedy moment. I was like, <laughs> oh, man, Ben thinks I work out a lot. Look, he, we're all he, insecure. He likes my body. That makes me feel great. We're all insecure, <laughs> and men uplifting men goes a long way. I appreciate I appreciate the lovely drawing. It's the great, great art for our podcast. We We all dig it. Well, I'll send you the ones where it's pretty much uh, Tom's of Finland, like erotic. <laughs> like uh, you guys have short haircuts and you're, oh boy. Nice. Sure. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll put that on our Patreon. They'll eat it up. Yeah. yeah. One foot up on the wall, just all hanging out. Yeah. Grolics, yeah. trolling Grolics. <laughs> 
<laughs> just taking a steam like we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you ever? I have. I've I've gone to a couple nude beaches and there's always someone that's kind of like the ringleader and they're uh, they come over to vet you a little. This happened in Hawaii and there's also a a little beach in a river in Montana. There was one naked guy that always comes over and puts his leg up on a rock and just lets you see it all. And he's like, "Hey, what brought you to our little spot here?" Like trying to see if you're down. Yeah, uh, for their chicanery. And I, uh, yeah, I've always averted my eye, but I, I appreciate, I appreciate at this point, I'd like to uh, see that. I have again. some follow up questions, Chris, from that story. Um, yeah, yeah. What, so are you happening upon nude beaches or are you like, this is where I can really be myself? Both times I was brought by friends, uh, girlfriends that are friend, childhood friends that wanted to go there. And I was the one that was trying not to laugh because I saw a guy surfing and he had such a big <laughs> dick and it was flopping around and he's surfing. And deep down, if I see a naked guy surfing and his dick's flopping around, I will laugh. I couldn't stop laughing because I <laughs> am a child. Yeah. And I was the only one who didn't get naked. I just kept my shorts on so I looked like some kind of a nudity narc. <laughs> yeah, even thinking about it now, I get uncomfortable. I don't, Isn't this how the movie Point Break ends? <laughs> yeah. Swayze's out, dick out, going towards the final wave, and there's a narc on the beach, not nude, and he got away. The dude got the criminal got away. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he recognized, yeah, they had uh, police drawings of their genitalia. That's how they <laughs> caught him. <laughs> their genitalia with a Reagan mask on it. <laughs> A little tiny Reagan mask. <laughs> little one. I always like to riff, God, that's such a good documentary. Like, I don't understand fiction and, and like, uh, real movies. I love that documentary about Surfing Point Break. They really <laughs> got to the essence of it. It's so intense. So intense. How they, how they surf and rob banks out there. Are you two very familiar with the Point Break Live? It's very random to me, but it's like a comedy reenactment where I think... Much like that David and Lisa dinner theater we were talking about a few episodes <laughs> back. Yeah, audience members have to read, like, I think the Keanu Reeves part. I'm not. Yeah. The different people are taken from the audience to be Keanu Reeves. But it is the guy that started that has a big, beautiful place in Venice. Like, it, it's a wildly popular based on the most random movie ever. It just I didn't goes know that to at show. All. I'd love to see that. There's no bad that. ideas. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a live touring show. It's like improvised Shakespeare. It's such a good idea. But they but they also don't they like throw buckets of water on people and stuff like they're when they're doing these scenes they like try to bring it to life. Oh wow! On stage, essentially, like they're trying to do bad theater, you know, effects and stuff as they do it. It's I've seen clips and it seems hilarious. I think they still do it. It's been going since the movie. <laughs> I think it's helped keep that movie valid. Is that I, movie valid? I just rewatched that movie. It is definitely valid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hadn't seen it in for years, but we we do a podcast within our podcast called Boy Crazy, where we rank the <laughs> hunkiness of hunks of yesteryear. So we had Kanane on and we had to, it was a hunk off between the two of them. And uh, that's quite an episode. But so, but I had, I rewatched Point Break and had, I, it, it doesn't stand up but I was thrilled to be watching it the entire time. But it is peak Swayze, baby. Big time. Yeah. Big time. And Gary Busey, best use of Gary Busey of all time. 
<laughs> for real. Wait, <laughs> let's go. Let's go around and everyone has to pick who is your pick, Keanu or Patrick Swayze. Yes. Adam, you're the guest. Please go first. I I went with um, Keanu in that when we did that. And I'm going with Keanu again, just because it was before he had had any personality and it was pure hunk and Swayze yeah. was personality and hunk and which is, maybe that's a better combo but I like I don't want any brains I just want hunk and he was given <laughs> he was given it in that film yeah I think nice. I I have to defy that a little and go Swayze just because my whole childhood he saved the day in Red Dawn he was the leader of a pack of hunks in The <laughs> Outsiders these are movies mm. that I grew I grew up with with uh, Swayze, all Daisy, and I, and a lot of people bring up uh, Roadhouse. It, it's also good. Roadhouse he's just a badass. And, Roadhouse uh, is forever. Yeah, he's. I mean, I just watched John Wick three. It's terrific. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. But man, if that was Patrick Swayze in that, <laughs> well, I'm going to come in with the tie break, and I'm going to go Keanu. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Why is that? Because well. First of all, I had an Outsiders poster on my wall. I was all about the Outsiders. We read the books after we saw the movie and we're like, uh, this is the world we need to live in. So exciting. But he always seemed really old to me. Like, I was always like, why is this guy hanging around the soda pop and pony boy's house? Just get him out. He needs to get a job. Um, <laughs> so he had that, you know, he had that vibe to him. Whereas Keanu, and I don't know if you guys remember him from the movie Parenthood, Oh, yeah. He's the, he's the drag racer. He's into drag racing. Oh, he man. He can't like, stop. He is the best in that movie. And he's so, like, he so, seems so real. Like, he is the most real person in that entire movie. And that's saying something because there's some great people in that movie. But it's like a movie where a guy from your high school makes it into a movie. And you're just like, look at him. He's so, like, he's not pretty. He's not, like, you know, he's not, like, normal movie star. He's, like... Some dude, yeah. That, but he also is insanely beautiful. You're and right. Like it, now, everyone's just like Keanu's so cool. He rides the subway. He's got this, <laughs> you know, partner he's had for decades. He's nuanced in his performances. But back then, it was like, how is this guy fucking acting? It was just the, it was. But there was something there, and I like seeing that embryonic period of him. Yeah, I right. mean, I want to hang out with him the most, most mostly because he's the one that's uh, still with us. But uh, when I there was some talk show where they they asked what his favorite song was, and he said, "Oh, Joy Division, Love Will Tear Us Apart." And I'm like, "Oh, wait, he's cool too. He's like <laughs> yeah. a god. He's like the kid that I wanted to hang out with in grade school." Also, ah, yeah, okay, I like them both. His acting, though, I think is the kind of thing where you think when you're watching movies, you're like. You, I like to think, oh, like, well, that's not very good acting, but he's the most believe. I feel like he's a guy that walked in and started talking on the set, whereas everyone else is doing a bunch of stuff and acting like this and that and having gestures where he's like, no. And it's the most real thing you've ever seen. Where, like, after a while, I started to go, oh, wait, no, that's what good acting is, is that you, you seem like you were already in the room and all the actors came in to do a scene. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Stripped away the sort of theatrics of it and just was right. real about you, it. You see He's that so in real. Old, that's why everyone freaked out about James Dean or Marlon Brando when it, back in movies when people talk like this. <laughs> and and then they were like, yeah, what if I uh, just talk normal like I do, you know, out in these streets or at parties? And they and they changed acting. I think those. Yeah. If 
if you watch season one of our TV show with three comedians acting for the first time ever, all the other real <laughs> actors were moving their <laughs> arms and doing actions. And we just stood with our arms at the side, delivering our lines like some real people. Yes. But you nice. were all great in it. That was one of the first things I noticed. You are just being yourself. I yeah. refer to season one as the season where none of us knew what to do with our arms. And then we, yeah, then that's we one of the hardest figured parts. it out a little bit. Did you find your hips and put your hands there? We, I was the king of like, <laughs> my character stirs his coffee all the time. He's got the coffee <laughs> and he's stirring the coffee. That's it. Boy, he likes coffee very stirred. And that you was... You were stirring a lot of coffee in that. The creamer will not break down. <laughs> Unreal. This, this cheap creamer in this school. <laughs> Save our schools. Yes. And that's why I'm on this podcast today is <laughs> teachers can't teach without appropriate creamers. <laughs> that's right. I've been Adam Caton Holland. <laughs> Adam, will you confirm for me whether or not I uh, dreamt this or if it exists? Sure. Is there, surrounded by fancy homes in the middle of Denver, a polo court where people are actively playing polo and hitting it with mallets? Polo on horses? On horses. No, that's not. That's I not a thing. I swear I saw it. I swear. There is a, you dreamed it. There is an area of town called the called Polo Club. And maybe before long before you or I were born, maybe there was horse. It's it's like near a country club. It's a rich area. It's called Polo Club, but certainly no one plays polo. There's 1992. <laughs> Nobody. No way. Really? Not a chance. Chris, you, you dreamed history. Maybe I just saw a horse on the way to Denver, and then someone said the word polo. You're thinking of that big blue horse outside the airport? That's what it is. That's what I it got is. up on top of that when I was drunk, when I was holding a hammer. I don't have time for every asshole that saw a horse on the way to Denver, Chris. I can't. <laughs> you know how many people have that experience? Hey, in my defense, it's really 48 minutes away from Denver. <laughs> that airport is nowhere near Denver. No. It needs to be moved closer. Also, that horse could fall down at any minute. It's a has. Didn't it already fall down? Karen's pointing. Know she story. knows exactly. Karen, please illuminate. Like you know, <laughs> the artist who who sculpted that horse. Right. It was like a. He made it out of iron or whatever. It's blue Mustang. People call it Blucifer. Blucifer. He was killed by it. It fell over on him, and he was killed by that horse it's exactly right he was mounting the head it was near completion and i remember it was like a thing because the airport was legendarily over budget took forever and this was some gaudy price for the statue and everyone's like get us the statue artists and he was rushing <laughs> to do it and the the head fell on him crushed him oh no to death. they were rushing him i mean there was like i remember people being like can you believe they haven't even got the horse statue up yet and and then his son finished the job, and now it sits outside DIA with a with a very graphic horse ball sack that you can see as you drive by, uh, with <laughs> veins and stuff. Like, wow, you're kidding! Not at all, not at all. And and that is the story. And it's like our welcome to town sculpture. Like, <laughs> hey <that>. guys, <laughs> don't ask too and many it, questions. Just go skiing. <laughs> he has red eyes, right? Yeah, that glow. He's got glowing yeah. red eyes. It's a tear. I mean, the airport in Denver is all these conspiracy theories abound about it. And that statue's not helping debunk mm -mm. any of them. 
It's yeah. actually putting a nice cherry sure. on top of those sure. conspiracy theories. For right, sure. yeah. When you see that horse, you do get a vibe that it killed its creator just from those eyes. Yes. That's so sad. His son finished it? His son finished it up. Cry. I think he's a he's a an artist as well, and he finished his dad's sculpture and gave it to the city of Denver, and now yeah. it's there out on the prairie as you're rushing to get on Southwest. But- <laughs> The, the balls probably weren't on it. That was a little payback for killing his father. I'm telling you, if you, if you, if you come to Denver, try to get a peek at that nutsack. It's like very detailed. <laughs> I, I'm to. never close enough. Do you have to like skip through the meadow? Up you can to see it? it on the highway if you're looking. You got to okay. be looking for it. Also, Chris, it looks a lot like that guy from the nude beaches nutsack, so you don't really need oh, to. Oh, I've been trained to avert my eyes. I don't yeah. want to get into another giggle fit. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes me giggle like a ball sack. Oh, so funny still. Uh, um, You've done a couple very natural plugs. Congratulations. Yeah, but sorry. You... I just organically nope. threw them in there. <laughs> it's your true pro. Thank you. Um, Clearly trained by the True TV team. I'm a those. classically trained plug professional. <laughs> I I'm kind of old school with it. I just I just fade them in there. Yeah, but do you have any other ones in closing? Because I we've gone over time. Oh this wow, so fast. Uh, I'm in New York at Union Hall, one of my favorite venues. On June 8th, come see me do oh, comedy wow. there. Love love That's that nice. place. I'm be going a lot there of fun. in a couple days too. Um, oh, nice. I wish we would overlap. We could go look for black toilets around the city. I'm overlapping <laughs> with, with Kyle Kinane. We're going to hang out in New York and hopefully well, jump off fire escapes into piles of garbage. Or that's what I did last time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be great, too. That'd be great, How too. How about right? Are you, are you going to write another book? You know, I wrote, uh, I spent COVID writing a movie version of my book, Tragedy Plus Ooh. Time. Again, um, seamlessly plugging things, yes. which is a, a, a book really I'm very is. proud of. It's a serious book about losing my little sister to suicide and mental illness. And I, and I wrote a movie of it and it's it's being made and I'm absolutely thrilled about it. And I don't know, it's, you know, it's shooting in a year and where it's Hollywood, you guys can be like, oh, things could fall apart. But uh, I, the team is amazing, and I'm like, I'm just so excited. So that'll be out sometime. I don't, I, but I have been working pretty hard on that. Uh, I think the yeah, that was worth bringing up. Congratulations. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's not. I'm more just telling you guys because I'm pumped about it, and that's kind of what I've been working working hard on. But it's, uh, I don't want to really publicly be like. Yeah, so yeah. you'll see it at your AMC 12. Like I don't. <laughs> oh. I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's all going really well, and that's, that's oh, exciting. that's so great, buddy. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks very much. That's beautiful. The best That's beautiful. Is. And I'd love yeah. to write another book sometime, but I'm going to wait till till pure inspiration. I was trying to force one. I was like, this is not the way to write a book because you yeah. want to write a second book. Like, wait till wait till you got that spark. And I'm just doing comedy and podcasting and trying to write screenplays and stuff. Yeah, you're a great writer. I mean, I know just from early on articles you'd written and stuff. You're you're a very good writer. Do you, but you went to school for filmmaking, right? I did I went to I got a film degree and they uh, like they taught me nothing and all those skills me- meant nothing <laughs> like everything I learned meant nothing at all you could I should have just gone to Hollywood and like tried to write scripts but you know I saw a lot of I saw a lot of cool movies saw a lot of all cool the movies videos yeah. you guys made as a group with the Grolix I think that ultimately your experience is why you ended up with a TV show like it, it for had sure I, it, it, just yeah. like just like all comedy just you know learn by doing is kind of how I'm yeah. doing it and it's been been it's been working so far so I don't 
I don't see myself quitting. I think I'm 42. It'd be pretty weird to be like, all right, it's architecture time. <laughs> time to be a professional <laughs> baseball player. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, all's going well. Great. And it's nice to catch up with you guys. Nice to catch up with both of you. Yeah, great it's to see It's very you. good to catch it's up been with a you. Long time. I had one last query. One did when you threw that pitch for the Rockies, was it a strike? 100% a strike. I God brought, damn right. I, brought, I, nice. I just knew it good would job. be, and I've never asked you that. But I brought my I, baseball glove and, and oh, took it very seriously. Had I not thrown a strike, there was an army of haters ready to go. <laughs> but I, Cause I, that, I peppered cause that it in there. Crowd, that was a crowdsourced, like you. Yeah, you, I, I just, I bombarded the Rockies Twitter for two years being like, let me throw out a pitch. <laughs> I had a hashtag ACH first pitch. I finally won. It had been years in the making. So if I had gone out there and just like, you know, threw it in the dirt or what, it, so I, I really brought it. I, I played junior varsity baseball and I summoned all of that skill set. <laughs> and did nice. you practice for days before that? Yeah. Yeah. My dad and I got ready. Uh, I told the catcher I was coming in hot and I gave him all, oh, so I gave him great. all 67 MPH I had and he felt nice. really, they timed it. You, that's pretty, that's a good throw. That's, I mean, t if I did that now, it's, it's six years later, my arm would follow the ball to the, to the plate. <laughs> that's so but awesome. But I, I really nailed it. Well, that's why I drew you like an erotic comic book <laughs> sex machine. Mm -hmm. Earned, <laughs> entirely earned. Thanks, bud. It's great talking to you. Today, yeah, honey. good to see you. Yeah. Thanks for this ride from the airport. Yes, and now get out. <laughs> sound effect, sound I'm effect. I'm where I need to be. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Horse sound, horse yeah, sound Yeah, Rapids is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the horse balls hit you on your way out of town. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D-Y-N-A-R. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our talent booker is Patrick Kotner. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.